every opportunity can be used to share the gospel. And that's why we preach the gospel. The gospel is about the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. And that's why today we celebrate this day. Uh, but I pray, you know, like Alvin was saying, I pray, I pray, this is my earnest prayer for each and every one of you, that we will not limit this to just one day. It'll become a reality for us. That when people see your life, when people see your life, they see, oh, something's up with him. He was supposed to be dead. How come he's alive? His business was supposed to crash. How come? Did you just hear that they just got a new place? How is that possible? Did you... That family was full, full of sick people. Sickness had surrounded them. But now, how? How is it possible? It's impossible. Why? Because the power of resurrection is working in each and every one of us. It has to. It has to. If you believe in the gospel, how you truly, the evidence, the evidence of you believing in the gospel is that the power of resurrection is working in each and every one of our lives. If the power of resurrection is not working, that means, my goodness, you have to hear the gospel again. Power of resurrection. Amen? Okay. Mark chapter 16. Come with me. Mark chapter 16, verse 1 to 6. This is the Sunday, the first day of the week, when Jesus was raised from the dead. Right? When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. Anoint whom? Anoint Jesus. So the story is Jesus was crucified, right? And he's now buried. He's in the tomb. He's kept in the tomb. And these ladies, because it was Saturday, right? Saturday was the Sabbath. Uh, soon after that, they went to buy spices. Why did they go to buy spices? So that they could anoint his body. So that, you know, a dead body has a foul stench. So when you put spices on that body, it reduces it. The foul stench is contained. Now see, look at this. Jesus was with these people for how many years? Three and a half years. But there is one. Mary, the mother of James. So there are three ladies here. Jesus was with them, right? But yet, they went to buy spices. Why did they go to buy spices? Because they wanted to anoint him. They wanted to contain the foul smell that was coming from the dead body. It looks like they were not expecting Jesus to come back. Are you hearing me? See, somebody went to the market, spent money to buy spices. I don't think they were expecting Jesus to come back. Look further. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. 
rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. See, look at the woman. They did not believe that Jesus was going to be risen. But they still went. And their heart's cry was, hey, who's going to roll the stone away? Because it's a huge stone. And the, roll was, the stone was not rolled away for Jesus to come. Because Jesus does not need the stone to roll away. If you remember, he, he entered a room that was closed with doors. Do you remember that? Right? Just after this incident, the disciples were sitting and they were waiting. And then Jesus just walks when all the doors were closed. So he does not need the stone to roll away. But for the sake of the woman, God sends his angels to roll the stone away. Even when they did not believe that Jesus was going to come back. As long as your motive is to see Jesus, even if you go to the tomb, the stone will roll away. God will create every opportunity even if it is in the wrong place, as long as it, as long as it, your motive is to see Jesus. Even if you don't believe, even if you don't believe today, they were expecting Jesus to be there, the dead body of Jesus. Their only cry was the stone. And the stone was not there. They go and the angel says, Hey, Jesus is not here. Jesus is not here. Tell this to one another. Jesus is not in the tomb. Jesus is not in the tomb. And today, prophetically, I just want to speak to you. There are some areas of our lives which where we don't see the resurrection power of Jesus and we truly don't believe in the resurrection power of Jesus. There are some aspects of our lives. But if your motive is to see Jesus there, even if it is the dead Jesus that you want to see, you will see that Jesus is not there and the angel of the Lord will direct you to the resurrected power of Jesus, to the resurrected Jesus. I want to show you another passage. John chapter 20, verse 15 to 17. This is Mary, I, I believe this is Mary Magdalene. She is weeping because she sees the tomb empty, so she's weeping. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she thought he was the gardener. Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in, in Aramic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. I just want to emphasize there, Jesus said, I am ascending to my Father and your father, to my God and your God. You know, I've always asked myself, 
if Jesus' death was enough for our sins to be forgiven, then why did he raise again? Why was it enough for him to be resurrected? And more than being resurrected, why was it enough for him to reveal to the disciples that, hey, you know, I am raised back from death? Why was it important? Have you ever thought of it? If the death of Jesus was enough for God's forgiveness of our sins, and even if he had to be resurrected, why make such a big spectacle of it? He could have just resurrected and gone to heaven. Why reveal himself as a resurrected Christ? See, in the Old Testament, the temple, the temple of the Lord had two sections, right? The first one was the holy place and the inner section was called the most holy place. The holy place was open for all the priests. Common man could not enter. Common man could stand outside the temple, right? The holy place was for the priests and the most holy place was only for the high priest, that too, once a year. Not everybody could go to the most holy place because in the most holy place was the Ark of the Covenant and which was which was symbolic of God's presence. And if anybody would go there, ill-mannered, would go there inappropriately, they, they could probably die. Okay? Now, one sacrifice they would do every year. One sacrifice for the whole nation of Israel. So who's taking that blood to the Ark of the Covenant? It's, it's the high priest, right? He enters the most holy place. Now, the holy place and the most holy place is you know, separated by a thick curtain, right? Now, just imagine with me, this high priest who goes inside the most holy place, he's, he's trembling and he's going. You know why? Because if the sins are not forgiven, if God does not accept the sacrifice and the sins are not forgiven, he will die then and there. So the first, first person who is to be affected by the sins is that high priest. Okay, think about it. He's scared. Maybe, maybe the, that annual day, he probably meets his wife and his children and says, Okay, guys, I love you. <laughs> maybe we'll see you on the other shore. Think about it. The seriousness of it. I want you to understand the seriousness of it. So he enters the most holy place and he sprinkles the blood. The proof that God has forgiven his sins, the proof is that he's still alive. The proof that God has forgiven his sins, that he is still alive. Now think about all the people who are standing outside the temple. They are waiting. They are waiting. Okay, did God forgive our sins or did, not, did God not forgive our sins? The proof is when they see the high priest coming out of the temple, that is when they know that God has forgiven their sins. Are you hearing me? See, Jesus, our high priest, has to be revealed back in his resurrected form for us to know, yes, God has forgiven our sins once and for all. Amen. The evidence today we have that our sins are forgiven is seeing Jesus. Jesus' death was enough for our sins, but it was, it was important that we see this resurrected Jesus because when that high priest comes out of the temple, people rejoice, people shout, yay, our sins are forgiven. That's why when we see Jesus, we know, yes, our sins are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. That's why, read with me, Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Romans 4. 
I don't have in my notes. Okay, are you with me? Okay, sorry. Romans 4 verse 25, okay? Who was delivered up for our trespasses. He was delivered. That means he was crucified for our sins. He was crucified. But he was raised for our justification. Jesus was crucified for our sins, but he was raised for our justification. So today when you see the cross, you don't see the cross with Jesus on it. You see an empty cross to indicate that Jesus is risen. When you see the risen Jesus, you can believe that God has forgiven our sins once and for all. That's why Jesus told Mary, hey, do not touch me right now because I haven't ascended. Because the moment I ascend, I will send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will witness to you that you are God's children. And the Holy Spirit will tell you that you know, from, from deep within, within you, the groanings of the heart, the Holy Spirit will impress upon you to call him Abba, 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 Father. Today, we have the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Jesus died and rose again. Today, we have the Holy Spirit. And it is because of the Holy Spirit that we have the confidence to call him Abba Father. We're no, we're no longer calling him the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Jesus, the Father of Jesus. We have the confidence to call him Abba Father. You are my God. My God. My God. Because of what Jesus has done. There's a new covenant that he has that he has instituted for all of us, where we can call him my God. This wouldn't have been possible if Jesus did not die and was not resurrected. We couldn't have called him my God. But now he is my God. Not the God of Abraham, not the God of Isaac, not the God of Jacob. He is my God. The Israelites held on to that covenant, which was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Today, you are, you are calling him my God. He's your God. He's your God. He's your God who has a personal relationship with you. Amen. I, I, I really want to encourage you today. This, today we celebrate the resurrection power of Jesus. The resurrection power of Jesus was meant for you and me was meant for you and me to be one with the Father. Was meant for you and me to remind ourselves no matter what we are struggling through, what we are going through, there is no power in heaven or in hell that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's why Jesus rose again and he, and he revealed himself to his disciples and he said, hey, I'm alive. Your sins are forgiven. You don't have to struggle this way. You don't have to go back to the tomb and just manage your problems. You know, put spices and keep managing that stench. Today, you have the resurrection power of Jesus activated within each and every one of you. You don't have to keep managing it, somehow controlling the stench when you have the resurrection power working in you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Can you believe that? The same spirit. But every time we choose to manage the problem, then choose to see the deliverance of the problem. Every time. Every time. 
every time we choose to manage the problem then choosing to see the deliverance of that problem we just we just trying to be comfortable in the tomb trying to be comfortable in the tomb you know yesterday when i was praying this this word that came very strongly to me was hey we are no longer tombs but jesus is not there we are the temple of we are the temple of the holy spirit right we are the temple of the holy spirit but but listen to this very carefully remember jesus when he goes to the temple of jerusalem and he beats black and blue of the people who were selling remember that right remember man when i used to see that scene uh, in in daya sagar the jesus movie man i used to love it wow jesus is beating them black and blue this is such an amazing scene right because you feel that sense of righteousness and the sense of justice yes man this is how jesus should be you know he should beat everybody who's who is doing nonsense in the temple of the living god right right listen to what jesus says listen to what jesus says he says my house it is written for this shall be a house of prayer not a den of thieves say with me this shall be a house of prayer not a den of thieves and i'm challenging you today if your body is the temple of the living god is it a house of prayer or is it a den of thieves there is no middle ground guys there's no secular ground okay it's either house of prayer or it's either a den of thieves the holy spirit will be living within you but you have the capacity to quench that holy spirit and make it a den of thieves and we have the audacity to keep complaining why things are not happening why don't i see the power of resurrection activated in my life because a choice is yours you can make your life a house of prayer or you can make it a den of thieves where thieves come and gamble and steal everything that you have built what do you want your life to be tell me guys tell me see it is grace see it is grace it is absolutely grace that the holy spirit has come into our lives it is absolutely grace but it will take your faith in him your faith in him to see that same power of resurrection that was working in jesus which he raised him from the dead to see that power of resurrection working in your life as well do you want to be just comfortable living a christian life and yeah i'm i'm doing good i give to charity i live a good life i'm good to my to my people around is that the kind of life that you want to live or you want to live a life that jesus is inviting us into as an elder brother he has gone forward and he's inviting us hey you know as you as you share in my sufferings share in my life as you share in the sacrifices that i have made share in my resurrection power of life because every resurrection power to be revealed a crucifixion has to happen a death needs to happen before resurrection you know you know what we need deliverance from today more than the devil more than the sins what we need deliverance from is self selfishness self-centeredness 
self-comfort, my convenience. Am I right? Go to any part of the world where Bible is illegal, you will see people are hungry for God's word. Go to any part of the world where meeting is illegal and you will see that they will sacrifice everything to meet. But here we have air-conditioned pews. Everything has been, become so comfortable that now it becomes difficult. It's become too convenient. Too convenient. How many of you want to pray like David? Because this has been my prayer. David's prayer was, my passion. I am consumed by a passion for your house. I'm consumed by a passion for your house. I'm consumed by a passion for your house. David is like, how can I live in a palace when God does not have a house of his own? I'm consumed by a passion for your house. I'm consumed by a passion for your house. Everything that I do, everything that I breathe in, every time, wherever I go, wherever I am, whatever I do, it is for your kingdom. It is, too, it is, it is so focused. I'm so focused. I'm, I'm consumed by the passion for your house. See, Jesus did not deliver us to live a comfortable life. Please, can I tell you this? Jesus, yes, Jesus delivered us to be a blessing. Yes, and you are called to be a blessing. You are called to be blessed. But he did not deliver you to live a comfortable life. No. He did not. You know, our forefathers, they have sacrificed a lot so that we could be here. You know, our forefathers would travel miles just for fellowship miles to evangelize to somebody and today we are we are living in the fruit of their sacrifice but if we don't understand why they sacrificed for we might not be able to leave anything for the next generation it takes it takes an amount of sacrifice for each generation to leave a legacy for the next generation so that the next generation will not struggle through through what we have struggled through but the purpose is the kingdom. The purpose is always the kingdom. Purpose is always the kingdom. To be consumed. To be consumed. How can the power of resurrection work in your life if you are too self-centered? How do you expect the power of resurrection to work in your life? Why was Jesus resurrected? Was Jesus resurrected for his own sake or for us? He was raised for our justification. He was crucified for our sins. You want to see the power of resurrection? It cannot happen for selfish motives. And everybody said, okay, I'll show you something. Philippians, okay? Come with me. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 and 14. This is Paul's, Paul is saying this. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his suffering becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul is saying, 
hey, my whole focus of living is so that I, I can attain the resurrection from the dead. What is your focus today? Just going to church? Is your focus just giving your tithe and being happy, being self-righteous, that I did my part? Paul's focus is, hey, the entire thing that I'm doing all of this is to attain resurrection from the dead. I'm not talking about resurrection, second coming resurrection. I'm, he's, he's literally saying, my entire focus is to experience the power of God's resurrection in my life. Every time someone hurts me, I want to see the power of resurrection in my life so that I can forgive and move on. So that I can still be a blessing to those who have hurt me. When somebody has stolen from me, I want to see the power of resurrection in my finances so that I can still be a blessing, still be an overflowing blessing to all those people out there who, can, who still have the capacity to hurt me. Power of resurrection. My, my goal is to attain the power of resurrection. Now, let's see the next verse. He says, not that I have already obtained this. He, say, he knows this. He has not obtained this. Not that I'm already perfect. He knows that he's not, he's not obtained this. He's not perfect. But he is still pressing on. But I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What Paul is saying is, hey, hey, listen, listen. What Paul is saying is, I am so consumed by knowing Jesus that my goal is to experience his power. My goal is to experience the power of resurrection in every death that I face. That's my goal. So what do I do? I leave everything that, has, that is behind me. I forget yesterday's thing. I forget yesterday's weaknesses. I forget yesterday's failure. Today is what I have. And the future, I set my eyes focused to attain the power of resurrection. And he says, I have not attained this. I have not attained this, but I'm pressing forward. I have not attained this, but I'm pressing forward. I'm believing in God for the power of resurrection. I'm not just managing it by spices. And keeping the stench down, I'm pressing forward to see the power of resurrection over here. I'm not giving up. I'm not made perfect. I've, I haven't got it all together, but I'm not giving up. I'm pressing forward. I'm pressing forward. I'm pressing forward. I want to see the power of resurrection. I'm pressing forward. To be consumed. To be consumed by the passion of God. To be consumed to know Him. To be consumed by a passion for the house of God. I want to challenge you today. How many of you have the mindset to say that I am willing to be hungry but the house of the Lord will be full. The house of the Lord will not lack anything. I'm willing to sacrifice my comfort, but the house of the Lord will always be full. Will always be full. Guys, get out of that whole consumer mindset. You know, when you go to McDonald's, you pay money and you expect the burger to be a certain way. Get out of that consumer mindset when you come to church. Church is who you are. You expect something from the church, you give that. 
You expect a community, you become a community. You expect the church to be a blessing, you become a blessing. You expect the church to pray for you, you pray for someone. Get out of that consumer mindset. Become the church. Become the church to pursue the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. That is to see the resurrection from the dead in everything. Don't, don't give up so quickly. Don't just manage your problems and just, you know, just giving up in the sense saying, oh, you know, this is how things are. Let me just manage this. Let me just put spices and just manage it. Let me put spray around and manage it. Don't, don't do that. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Sacrifice. Because Paul says, consider the sacrifices, the sufferings of this present time is not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. And he's not just talking about the glory, the final glory when Jesus comes. He's talking about every sacrifice that you make is a seed that you sow to reap the great harvest in the near future. To, to program your mind to be consumed by the kingdom, to be consumed by the passion of God, to be consumed by the purposes of his kingdom so that everything else takes a back seat. To be consumed. To be consumed. Why do you treat your wife right? For the kingdom. Why do you submit to your husband? For the kingdom. Why do you come to church? For the kingdom. Why do you sacrifice your salary? Especially when you, you're not getting so much for the kingdom. Why do, you, why do you travel in the metro two hours and go to the church? For the kingdom. Every sacrifice that you make for the kingdom. Jesus said, not only in the coming age, but in this age, you will be, you will be blessed and more. I'm a pastor's son, so I have seen a lot of believers in my 33, 34 years. And I've seen people who have sacrificed in the moment for the kingdom have never seen lack. The Bible says the righteous shall never grow hungry. Shall never go hungry. And I want to say, get out of this whole self, 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 self-centeredness. And focus your life, focus your heart on the kingdom. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Focus on the kingdom. Focus on the kingdom. To be consumed, to be consumed by a passion for his house. When I say house, I don't mean the building. I mean us. I mean the people of God whom he has blessed us to be consumed. How long are you going to say, this is my problem, my sickness, my issues. You know, I'm not getting a promotion. I'm not getting this raise. I'm not. How long are you going to struggle with that? Or will you take a moment to get up and say, hey, I don't care what the problems are. Yes, the problems are there. But I'm going to pursue the resurrection power of God. And in that, in that faith, if I can be a blessing to somebody, I'll be a blessing. I have only 20 rupees in my, in, in my purse right now. But I'll give the 10. Why? Because I believe in the power, the resurrection power of Jesus. I want to be a blessing today. Focus on the kingdom. Do you know how you are saved? How you are delivered? You're not saved, delivered because you know the love of Jesus. You're not saved and delivered because you know 
how great God is and how gracious God is. That is where it begins. But when you understand how great God is and if you understand the unconditional love of God, if that doesn't push you, that doesn't push you into doing something, I'll tell you what that something is. Romans 10, 9 says, if you believe with your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. That means you're believing that God has the ability to resurrect something that's dead. Do you believe in your heart that God has the ability to raise something that is dead? If you believe in your heart and if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, until and unless you don't do that, you're not saved. When I'm talking about salvation right now, I'm not talking about going to heaven. I'm talking about any circumstance that you are caught up in. It's, it's a cycle that you are in and in and in again. Ask yourself, have you confessed that Jesus is the Lord of this situation? Because the Bible says, call on to me and I will answer. A lot of times we are not experiencing deliverance. We are not experiencing salvation in those areas, in finances, relationships, sickness, Mental health, those areas are areas where we have actually not confessed that Jesus is Lord. And we have not believed in our hearts that God has the capacity, God has the ability to raise from the dead. If you can believe that God has the ability to resurrect, and if you can completely submit to Jesus and say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life, you will see salvation. You will see salvation. I'm talking about practical stuff, guys. Daily, day-to-day -day living. You know, when we got the new facility, I heard very clearly from the Lord, this is the place, and I had that peace of God in my, in my heart. Okay, But every day, some or the other problem will come. The landowner will make an issue. Uh, the, the water is not happening. You know, We are having plumbing issues. Something or the other problem. One day, I said, Jesus, this is your problem. You told me to do this. I'm your assistant. I'm just doing what you're calling me to do. You solve this. And every time we have done that, we have seen immediate deliverance, immediate answers, immediate salvation. And I'm, and I'm saying, see, gospel is not complicated. It's very simple. Every time you believe in the ability of God to resurrect and you confess, confess, open your mouth and say, Jesus, you are the Lord of this situation. You will see salvation. You will see salvation. Even from the impossible things, you will see salvation. But don't, don't, don't get content. Don't, don't get comfortable staying in the tomb and massaging your problems, putting spices. Don't get comfortable doing that. Don't just manage your problems. Ask for deliverance because we believe in a God who can resurrect people from the dead. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you. We thank you for all that you are doing in our lives and we, we, we truly believe in your ability. We truly believe in your ability to resurrect, to resurrect us from the dead. We truly believe in your ability, in the power of resurrection. The power of resurrection is for us. So today we want to confess with our mouth that Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. That Jesus you're the Lord of my house. To Jesus, you're the Lord of my church. Jesus, you're the Lord of our cities. Jesus, you're the Lord. 
every area that I'm struggling, I confess that Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Lord. I surrender. I submit to your Lordship. I submit to your Lordship. Take over. Let this life become a house of prayer. Let this life become a house of prayer. For Jesus, you are my Lord. We surrender. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.